When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We may be in the middle of the NFL offseason, but there's plenty to wager on at betonline.ag. Baseball is back, the NHL and NBA are in full swing, and there are even NFL draft props to wager on. Make sure you go to betonline.ag to check out their wide betting selection and start wagering today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with you on a Wednesday. The randomizer has spoken. We have a draft order. We are doing our April mock draft here on the program 12 teams redraft format each of us are going to be making four selections and the order is completely randomized i have the order in front of me that jamie says that he put together and randomized we'll see how, how truthful that is but we have the order here in front of us we are going to be making these selections we are each picking one time each yes jamie you're putting your your hand up this, this is important 12 team ppr so, because we're going to do different styles of drafts yes. every month. That way, it's not going to be the same 12 you hear and not the same names all the time. So, this is a 12-team, full-point PPR league. We're going to start off with a, a very common play type, and we will go into different formats, dynasty, uh, standard, half PPR, 2QB. We'll get into all that and over the course of this very long offseason. But this is a 12-team, one-point PPR league. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I have the first pick. The randomizer has given me the, the first overall pick in this draft. And I will be honest with everybody. I still don't know what I want to do as we are sitting here recording this show. Tick, Bec- I'm, I'm between two tick, names. And Jamie tick, and I were talking in the pre-show. And Jamie was like, you know, the, the, there's the old saying, oh, well, you can't go wrong. Well, you can go wrong here. There, there, there are there, there, more than likely the decision I make will not ultimately bear out to be the best player uh, fantasy-wise. Or of your life. I feel committed at this point to be making my selection. I was between two running backs here at the top because I want to stop filibustering. I want to set this team up for success. Who is it, Chris? Kick us off. Christian McCaffrey is the pick with the first overall pick. It was between him and Dalvin Cook. Uh, I like that offense a lot. I like what they're doing at the quarterback position. We haven't even discussed that on the show that Sam Darnold uh, is more than likely going to be the new starter down there in Carolina. I like the direction they're going. I know he did only played in three games last year and the injuries are concerned, but when he is out on the field, I think we have discussed at length on this show, the production that he brings on a per game basis. I don't think I can go wrong. I get the catches out of the backfield. Christian McCaffrey is the pick for this team. That is who's going to start them off. And argue with it, Chris. Uh, it looked to me it's it was between him and Dalvin Cook. I'm assuming that was the second name yes, that's on that, your list. Yes. Look, the injury concerns from last year are an issue, but when he was on the field, I mean, there's nobody that's been like him. Uh, I mean, he blew everybody else out of the water last year um, in his three games, 30.1 average fantasy points per game, went 28 and a half, 24.8, 31.7. Uh, in his last 33 games, there's that fun stat that I'll bring back up again. The last 33 games, McCaffrey is averaging 27.85 fantasy points per game. That's just ridiculous numbers. 
Jake, you have the opportunity. You are picking number two here in the draft. So you, you, you talked about sniping Jamie on some players. Here's an opportunity for you to do so. You get the pick before Jamie. You are on the clock with pick number two. I'm not sniping him this early. I'm going to go safe and ride my boy Dalvin Cook, the man in the kitchen, for another year. I wasn't as high on him last year when I was really high on him two years ago, but he proved me wrong. He played a ton of games last year. He looks healthier than he's been. I like this offseason stuff I've seen from him. I like what this offense is going to look like as a whole, and it all still goes through him. 100% health dependent, a lot like Christian McCaffrey. My only warning for McCaffrey last year was he's never been hurt, and he runs like he's a lot bigger than he is. But we're talking full-point PPR. McCaffrey's a home run. I think Dalvin Cook is as well. You get the running ability, you get the touchdowns, but you also get the big play in the passing game. I love this pick. Yeah, and look, some of that injury risk has at least been somewhat mitigated with him. I mean, I think you can now put Dalvin Cook back into the every running back has injury risk type of a category now. RB2 in average fantasy points two seasons ago, RB1 last year with a minimum of seven games played. So I, it's tough to argue at this point that offense is going to look still fairly similar. Uh, I imagine they're going to make some more changes on the offensive line, particularly in the draft to add to that unit. So I don't think you can go wrong. I think these, these two guys are the clear top two picks for me in full point PPR. I am back on the clock here. I get pick number three, different team now. So once again, I, I now have to take that Christian McCaffrey logic and put that to the side here and evaluate this team separately. And two running backs come off the board right away. Jamie's picking behind me. He hasn't gotten a chance to pick yet. I'm assuming he's going to go running back. And once again, I'm between two players here looking at the big board that I have in front of me. This might surprise you. And I, I know in particular, it is going to surprise Jamie. I'm going to take Alvin Kamara here and make him the pick here at number three. Derrick Henry was the other option, but I'm going to take Kamara. I like the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Jameis Winston's more than likely going to be the starter there in New Orleans. I think just out of the backfield as a, as a pass-catching threat, we know what he can do running the ball. I know he hasn't played well fantasy-wise without Drew Brees as his quarterback, but guess what? Drew Brees ain't going to be his quarterback, so he's either going to figure it out or he's not. I'll take the chance that he does figure it out. Alvin Kamara is the pick here at number three, meaning, Jamie, welcome to the April mock draft. Yes, I get the pick finally. And look, the Kamara one is, I get it. Uh, my The only concern would be this is a guy that's averaged 22.6 points per game with Drew Brees since the third of the 2019 season, and it was down to 14.2 with Taysom Hill starting last year at times. But it was 17.3 with Teddy Bridgewater. So you just kind of have to figure out where you feel comfortable with him. You know, Jameis isn't really the check down guy. We haven't seen him be that type of an option. So I'm very curious to see what the target share is going to look like for Alvin Kamara in this offense. That's why I would go with the number three player on my board right now who falls to me at number four, and that's Derrick Henry. Now, there are some concerns there as well. New offensive coordinator. There's going to be, at least at this point, fewer weapons in that Tennessee offense. But you know the workload's going to be there. He's an absolute workhorse. He's got a very high floor. He's got no signs of, sh of slowing down. Uh, late in the season, he has been an absolute uh, playoff winner, matchup winner, playoff gets you inner, for lack of a better phrase, with the way he has played in the back half of these seasons. Uh, for To me, I, I know in PPR, people want to shy away because he's never going to catch passes. And we saw even you know Jeremy McNichols coming into the game in some circumstances. But if you want guaranteed volume, and massive touchdown upside, you're going to get it with Derrick Henry. He's not going to finish as the number one or number two running back in fantasy. I don't think he's got that upside without catching passes in a full-point PPR. But I have a hard time believing he's going to fall out of that top half dozen. So I'm going to go with the safe pick here at number three. Excuse me, number four, and go with my number three player, Derrick Henry. Jake, you were back in the draft here, picking right after Jamie. Pick number five here in the first round of our draft. Woo, this puts me in a little bit of a pickle. Uh... I like a couple guys here. 
And as much as I want to snipe Aaron Jones for Jamie from Jamie, still a little rich for my blood. I don't know. I think they add another piece to that offense. He's still a home run hitter. We all love him in that offense. I think AJ Dillon's more of a thing next year. Might snipe some, some touchdowns. I'm going to go with a little bit of the upside and go Jonathan Taylor. Finished the year as an absolute star. Yes, Naheem Hines is a thing. Yes, Marlon Mack is back, but I think that's an insurance policy. I think he gets this offseason. He really gets comfortable. I'm a little bit worried about the Carson Wentz thing and him being in the backfield if they're going to overthrow it. But at times last year, Phillip Rivers threw it way too much when he's basically calling his own plays. I don't think I expect him to throw it that much. And I really see this entire offense going through him. Still a really good offensive line. I think they add to that in the draft. Uh, it's a little bit high, but I'm kind of in this no man's land right here. Yeah. And as much as I love Aaron Jones, I think I'm going to, I'm going to ride it out with Jonathan Taylor here. It's a little high for me in my rankings, but I get it. Like there's this kind of group of four running backs. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about here in this section of the show, but look last year from weeks 11 to 16, Taylor was the RB three in average fantasy points per game at 21 and a half. Uh, they're going to run the ball a ton. He looked amazing uh, in a brief pro season run. Like I, you know, he's a guy for me that really, really rose up in that second half of the year. And I think he's a guaranteed top 10 pick in fantasy drafts. I take him in the top eight. Jake has him here at number five. I believe that means I am back up here. I get to I get to reintroduce myself to the draft here. And and Jake, I'll be honest, Jonathan Taylor was going to be a strong consideration here because I just assumed you were going to take Aaron Jones with that pick because you don't pick again until after Jamie goes. And I thought you would take the opportunity to steal Aaron Jones from him. I'm a hell of a nice guy, Chris. What can I say? I know, but now you kind of put me in the spot where I feel like I have to take Aaron Jones just to spite Jamie. Because you're not a nice guy. I know what's yeah, going to yeah, happen. Because you don't have to prove you're a terrible person. The listeners already know. I am not going to take Aaron Jones because there's another, oh! guy that, there's another guy that I like. So I'm going to leave Aaron Jones because Jamie picks right after me, and I know he's just going to take Aaron Jones with this selection. Or though, although I could leave a person on the board that would make him consider that position because I don't think I'm, I'm taking the guy that everybody thinks I'm going to take. Give me Nick Chubb here with this pick. I am going to take Nick Chubb, the running back out of the Cleveland Browns. James Robinson, I'm a little concerned the way that offense is going to look. You know, new coaching staff, they're going to have a brand new quarterback. I just think it's going to take some time for that fit to work if, if it will work. I'll take the consistency. We know what Nick Chubb is in that offense. Stefanski is going to want to run the football. It is their mantra. It is how they win football games. And Nick Chubb, even with Kareem Hunt in the backfield and them splitting touches and both getting, you know, big-time shares – Nick Chubb still is a productive player, and with this big running back run, I need to. I feel like I need that RB one. I need that solidified back to lead this team. So Nick Chubb will be the pick here for me, Jamie, and I leave you with a dilemma. No, it's not really. I still think uh, my number five player right now is still Aaron Jones, and I'm going to go with that here. Uh, I'm going to stay on brand with my pick. Loved. I thought Green Bay would be the best possible scenario for him especially now with Jamal Williams gone. A.J. Dillon might get some work, but he's not going to get passing down work. And I think that's the one area of Aaron Jones's game that we can see a significant amount of growth. This is not a player that has relied on playing just a ton of snaps to get to the fantasy production. There's a lot of meat left on the bone. And there's also a lot of meat on the bone for A.J. Dillon just to replace the snaps that Jamal Williams was playing. There'll be different snaps, but just in terms of volume, so I really like Aaron Jones in this situation. As of right now, he is the number two pass catching option on the team. Like uh, that could change, but we thought that was going to change this time a year ago and it didn't either. So as Jake pointed out, when we talked about like Lamar Jackson way back when we can project all we want, but we have to look at what the team in front of us is right now. 
Uh, I love I love Baron Jones. He's been a top five running back each of the last two years and average fantasy points per game. RB4 last year. You know what you're going to get from him at this point. I'd be more than happy with, to get him right here in the middle part of the first round, which is kind of where I expect him to go in most leagues. And Jamie, when you did your way too early mock draft right at the tail end of the season, you had Jones going with the seventh overall pick. And it was mainly because he was a free agent at that time. We didn't know if he was going to ultimately go back to Green Bay or if he was going to go someplace else. And I believe when we did that show, you had mentioned that if Jones goes back to Green Bay to a a place that we all know what he's capable of doing there, that it's probably going to move him up a couple of spots on your board. I think you just mentioned that he moved up to fifth on your big board. Again, he went seventh in that way too early mock just because because there was an unknown about where he might play next season. And now we have him back uh, in green Bay. And, and I think this makes the a, a, a whole ton of a bunch of sense here for you to take Aaron Jones and stay on brand. All right, Jake, you are back on the clock. You, you, you promised to do this in the last show to snipe Aaron Jones from Jamie. You was, it was an unsuccessful bid, but you are back on the clock to, to create another pick here. I'm kind of wishing I would have after that eloquently put uh, description of why he loves Aaron Jones so much. I still don't think he gets as much work in the passing game as Jonathan Taylor. So I'm happy with my pick, but I got to get the upside that I got from Jonathan Taylor late in the season. I'm going to go a little bit off brand here as running back, running back, running back, running back, running back guy, because there's a couple receivers that you can take in this first round that are going to give you ridiculous production. I'm going Devontae Adams. I just don't see a running back at this point without question marks. They're still really good players without question marks that are going to give me what Devontae Adams is going to give me, even if I only get 14 games. Uh, if I get 14, even though we're going to 17 game schedule and fantasy is going to change a little bit, I'm still going with the guy that was wide receiver one has it written all over him again. The chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, it's hundred percent health dependent, but this dude's a touchdown monster, a catch monster, a yard monster. I, I mean, to me, it's consensus wide receiver one going into the season. I don't think anything's going to change between now and then uh, I'm happy with this pick right here. Yeah, and I guess my question for Jamie here while we're doing this is, yeah. Jamie, the way too early mock, I don't think kind of factored this in. And I don't know how much we're considering this here because it's a big question mark we don't know. But that 17th game has a bit of an impact on the way we, the way I'm sure you're going to do your predi- proje- uh, projections later on because you're adding this extra game. And in PPR formats, that's an extra five, six points over the course of a season that a guy can get just from pure, pure, pure volume in terms of catches. And Devontae Adams is probably the top of that list. Yeah, he is. I mean, look, there, there's there's some really good receivers behind him, but there is nobody for me that is even close to being considered wide receiver one that's not Devontae Adams. Like, you know what he's going to get production-wise. He's got the touchdowns. He'll get the targets. He's got the high-volume offense. He's got the long lineage of production. There's really nothing else you could ask. Any other boxes you could really ask Devontae Adams to check for you at this point. So he is, to me, a bona fide top 10 pick. Um, and, and he would have been in consideration for me with this pick um, coming up at number nine right now. And I think that's where I kind of have him for me right at number nine. Uh, I still would take a chance here and, and I'm going to go. It's, not, it's, it's off the board, not from my way too early mock, but it's off the board from where I think this guy is going to go in most leagues. I'm still going to buy into James Robinson a little bit here. Uh, I think he's somebody that's getting a little bit undervalued in this draft. I understand there's a new coaching staff. I understand there's a new quarterback, but I think both. I love the coaching be, staff though, Jamie, but it's going to be upgraded. When it comes to running backs. You're talking about Brian Schottenheimer and, and, and Daryl Bevel, like and Daryl Bevel, like it's, it couldn't set up more for a running game. That's now, what I'm, they're going to suck. So we get into sure. the Trevor Lawrence stuff, but like but they sucked that last part year. I like. They, yeah. they were the worst team in football last year, aside from the Jets, which I still think like the Jets had spikes at times. But so it, it, that's the thing for me is, is James Robinson was a top five running back in average fantasy points per game, RB4 in total points. 
the team was terrible last year. He's getting a significant upgraded quarterback. He's getting an upgraded coaching staff for the system for that offensive system. I really like what they're going to be able to do. And I understand they're going to have to throw a lot in the second half, but they did this past year. The Jaguars aren't going to be worse than the team they put out on the field in 2020. So I understand that it's like, okay, you have to impress a new coaching staff. You know, maybe, you know, maybe right call Armstead comes back and you maybe some of these other pieces. But to me, this is going to be a guy that's still going to get highly, be highly successful, get a ton of work, prove that he can have a lot of success right out of the gate in the hardest off season for a rookie to have success right away. I know he had, was a little bit banged up later in the season, but to me, he's somebody that I think is going to get plenty of work. He catches the ball out of the backfield. You know, I, I like him a lot. Like I'd be more than happy here to take him at number nine and start my team. If I'm in the back part of the first round and start my team with him as an RB one. He has certainly fallen from where you had him in the way too early mock, Jamie. He was a top five pick, I believe, uh, back in that mock draft. What was that in February that we did that? He falls all the way. No, that was that was December. That okay, first December, round came out yeah. the last week of December. Okay, it came so out like week 17. Even further proving my point that he has fallen a little bit in this conversation as he gets to you here at nine. He's going to be a second round pick, I think, in ADP. Like if I had to guess when they – I think he's going to end up being a second round pick in ADP. That's not where I have him, but I, I – I, I imagine he's going to be the player that now, obviously there's one glaring obvious player that we haven't talked about yet that I know is going to be the big ADP difference between me and the rest of the fantasy world. But he's a guy that I think is going to go maybe eight, nine, 10 spots lower than I think we'll all have him in my rankings. Yeah. The, the guy that you're mentioning that we have not discussed here on the show is certainly somebody that I'm considering here with this pick. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll walk you through my thought process here as I'm on the clock for my last pick here of this mock draft the, the running back run seems to have ended here. I, I don't think there's anybody that I would absolutely run to the podium to select. Austin Eckler is on the board. Zeke is on the board. Uh, the guy that we haven't mentioned, Saquon Barkley, is on the board. Those are some of the names that I'm considering. And then I look at some of the wide receivers. Stephon Diggs is certainly a player that I'm considering here in this spot. But you know what? There's nobody that I like, I love here. I, I'm, I'm ready to pound the table, go all in for it, in terms of the two positions that I just talked about. So this might be a little bit of a stretch but I will solidify myself the tight end position I will take Travis Kelsey the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs sorry Jake I, you hand, I know that's where you were going with your next pick so I'll snipe you here I, I just didn't like a lot of the value I was getting at running back again that we're assuming this is a snake format so for this team in particular I'm going to come right back around and probably have a really nice group of wide receivers that I can pick from the pair with Travis Kelsey or a really decent group of running backs some of those names that I just mentioned at least one of them is going to get back to me and I probably feel comfortable value wise picking one of those guys on the way back so I will take Travis Kelsey here because I don't think he will get back to me when I pick again in the second round uh, if we were if we were doing this out that far so Travis Kelsey the pick for me here to wrap up my day Jake go ahead well that's exactly why I prefaced Devontae Adams being the safest pick with the most upside and the highest floor I think that's exactly what you get with Kelsey there I'm going I can't go with anybody other than Kelsey with this next pick if you don't take him that has that right limited question marks guaranteed production I think the more Patrick Mahomes plays football the more he's going to Travis Kelsey they didn't add a lot right they didn't add anything to this that offensive line still not gonna be great you watch that Super Bowl and he's running for his life he was looking for the most comfortable guy he had and that was Travis Kelsey I think that continues I think he may have had his biggest year next year that he's ever had that puts me in a little bit of a pickle because the rest of these guys got some question marks I'm going to go with another guy that I'm expecting to have a monster year, but it's a little bit of a flyer. 
and a little bit out there. It's probably not too far off where his ADP is going to be, but it's a little bit higher than I probably would like to sit. Well, I want Cam Akers. This is going to come right back around to me on this team, and I could probably go with another receiver. Um, or I could flip it and do Cam Akers next round. But for this show, I'll have to go right now. I'm going to go Cam Akers a little bit high. But, man, the way he finished the season, when he finally got healthy and got comfortable in that rookie year, the running ability, the catching ability, the true three-down back with Matt Stafford, I just – I have a feeling Sean McVay is licking his chops of what he can do with Cam Akers, what he saw at the end of the year. It's a little bit like the Jonathan Taylor thing. Like, I'm, I'm going a little bit of what I saw – the potential, not necessarily the production they gave me, but the potential to bust out and have a monster year. I like that a lot. Um, I, I don't quite have him in round one yet, but he is somebody that is has been a fast riser uh, throughout the way he played late in the season, the way he was leaned on in the postseason. And look, Sean McVay wants to have a running game. And he, that is where that offense is, is predicated on. And that looked like a different offense. And obviously they're going to have Matthew Stafford this year as well. But uh, I like him a lot. Uh, so a last pick in the first round. So can, we'll can I jump it. in real quick Jamie, sure. on this? Because I, I think we've made the Saquon Barkley fans a little bit angry with that last pick. Good, we, we've gone we're going to continue to. No, I know. I know you are. I know you are. And and this, this, this is an agreement here on this show. Let's talk about him at the end though. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the Cause I think there's a yeah, full conversation. He ain't going right here either. No, no. Cause I'm going to take another running round. back. That's not him either. So if, I don't have to worry about this. We're not going to spoil it because I, I do think this is, uh, this is the one thing that I'm getting yelled at about every time I post my rankings on social media, every time. So I do want to have a bigger discussion about this so we can talk about this again, but I'm going to go with Austin Eckler here. And, and here's why I like him. I think he's another player I think is getting undervalued a little bit. I know we only played in nine games last year, but uh, I believe nine or 10, nine of the first 15 games for the fantasy season. That was the stretch there, but he produced much like his old self in that opportunity, averaging 16 and a half fantasy points per game. He was ranked as the RB eight in that period of time. No, it wasn't the like 19, 20 points per game you were getting back in 2019. But I imagine he's going to be a little bit healthier. He's going to be behind a better offensive line. There are now fewer options to go to a tight end. And we have seen some sort of correlation between tight end targets and running back targets. I think, I, I think there's no way, as much as I like the Donald Parhams of the world, that Parham and Jared Cook are going to get the same sort of target volume that Hunter Henry was getting there, which could lead to more checkdowns for Austin Eckler. He is produced as a top 10 running back when he's been when he's been having that opportunity, even with giving some running back play to, you know, Joshua Kelly or Kalen Balazs or Justin Jackson. He's still been able to get you that R, that top 10 RB value here. Uh, so if I'm picking here at the turn, I would love to add him because I think there's going to be a little bit of a gap. I think it's riskier to go down to the to the Zeke's and riskier to go down into the Saquon's and some of these other options there. I would like to get my RB1 here as a low-end RB1 in Austin Eckler and then come back with probably one of those top three wide receivers that are still on the board. I love that, James. I love that. I mean, it, Herbert was either boom or bust. He was going down the field or he's checking it down. I think that gets even more this year. You got new offensive coaching staff, better offensive line. Like you said, this is full-point PPR. This isn't half or standard. This dude is a PPR monster. I mean, it was like eight, nine, ten targets a game. At the end of the year, they were throwing it so much, and it was either go down the field or dump it off. I don't expect Herbert to take that big of a progression as good as he played last year. I think his instinct is still going to be, boom, let me get to this guy in the flat and see what he can do. And the injury was a fluky thing against the Bucks, where he hyperextended a knee that looked ugly, and he missed a lot of time. But he's not really for a little guy. He's so freaking strong. We've seen the one-arm pull-ups and all that kind of stuff. He plays a lot bigger than he is. So the injury concerns don't bother me because the injury last year was a really fluky thing which could happen to anybody. 
I, I think the obvious place now to pivot this conversation now that we're done is I'll, I'll give a quick rundown of a recap, and then maybe we can discuss some of the names that did make it. Again, only 12 names can make it in the first round. This is a 12-team format, so there are names that are going to be available in the quote-unquote second round here, and then we can have the Saquon Barkley conversation because he is one of the names that got left off. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went number one to me. Jake took Dalvin Cook number two. I then picked Dalvin Kamara with pick three. Jamie took Derrick Henry with pick four. Jake with pick five took Jonathan Taylor. I took Nick Chubb with pick six. Aaron Jones goes to Jamie on brand with pick seven. Jake at pick eight takes Devontae Adams. Jamie uh, with pick nine, James Robinson. A little bit of a fall there. Jamie gets a player that he really likes. Travis Kelsey comes off the board 10 to me. Jake goes Cam Akers, and Jamie goes Austin Eckler for a running back run to end the first round there. And, and, and guys, some, some big names. Tyree Kill still on the board. Stefan Diggs is still on the board just from a wide receiver standpoint. Uh, Zeke is still on the board. And then Saquon Barkley is still on the board. So certainly some great value that you can get in the second round, considering the way that the board played out, Jamie. Let's touch yeah, on all is. those guys real quick, Jamie. And, and look, and part of it too, you have to understand is if you've listened, if you've been a long time listener of the show, you know, we advocate RB heavy early, which is basically how this draft played out for you. I think what we took two, what, 10 running backs? Going round one with yeah, Travis me, Kelsey and Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams yeah. and Travis Kelsey, the only non-running backs taken in the first round. And I think even in my own personal one, I have nine running backs in my top 12. So, I mean, like, we are, are an RB-heavy show, and that's kind of our philosophy there. Um, like, Tyreek Hill would have been my next pick. So, if we were doing on the turn, uh, I think it's really close between Hill and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But if I would have just paired that with Austin Eckler, uh, I would have been pretty happy with that. Um I don't know if Jake would have gone with the running uh, wide receiver again to pair with Cam Akers or, you know, but something like that. I mean, you're, you're in a really good spot there where you're going to have, you know, I imagine more than one wide receiver comes off the board in the first round, but I think if it's more than two, you're going to be in a really strong beneficiary to be able to get some running back value. But, I think it'd been hard not to go digs right there yeah. where it comes back to me, but I don't think he has the same season next year. I don't think there's any way he can have the same numbers that he had last year. I think he surprised people with his ability to run after the catch to run some different routes that he's run in the past. His chemistry with the quarterback, I don't think anybody expected to be that good and continue that. But it got better. Like, when they needed him the most, they went to him even more. But the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, the more uh, – Josh uh, Josh Allen has progressed every year so much. I expect him to spread the ball out a little bit more, to take a little bit more what the defense gives him, to get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker. That's kind of the next progression is him as a quarterback, running a little bit less. All of that, I think, takes away from Stephon. I think he still has a monster year but I don't think he touches last year. It'd be really hard not to take him here with that same team that just took Cam Akers. The rest of these running backs got so many questions that like last year, Joe Mixon was in that first round. Uh, Jacobs was in that first round. Miles Sanders was in that first round. Now they're yeah. all still kind of here, but they all have stuff. But Zeke and Saquon, they're all still here. I got questions with all those guys. I like them later, but I'm trying to get some value with them. Well, let's, let's talk about those last two names in particular, Chris, because I think those are going to be the big, the big names in general, Zeke and, and Saquon. Well, so. and, and, and I was just going to really quickly mention, that's why I felt comfortable at the back half taking a guy like Travis Kelsey, because there's so many names that, you know, you can get some upside. Yeah, there's risk associated with them, but I feel much better taking that risk in the second round, maybe even the third round, than I do using my first round pick on a guy. I'll take a known commodity in Travis Kelsey any, any day of the week compared to, yeah. and let's have the conversation about Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, because these are going to be two, at least on... From a name brand and a name value perspective, these are guys that are first round names. Yes. And, and I expect Zeke's going to have a top 10 ADP. I think he's going to end up going around, pick somewhere between eight and 10 when we start to see these ADPs roll in as more leagues come out there. Uh, I have him in my top 15. I just don't quite have him in the first round conversation. Uh, and, and, and I got there by kind of splitting the difference. 
you know, in the games that Dak Prescott started last season, Elliott was averaging more than 22 fantasy points per game. And he was doing a lot of it through the air. Then that dropped all the way down to 11.2 fantasy points per game for the myriad of other quarterbacks that were throwing him the ball that, or that were operate, operating that offense from that point on. So I tried to kind of split the difference between the two because I don't think he's going to be, he's not the player he was a couple of years ago. I mean, he just, he does not look like that player. The eye test, the stats test, whatever test you want to take on does not look like that. So, but he also wasn't as bad as he was in the back part of the year. Dallas's offense should be a little bit better. So I kind of split the difference here and I like him in this spot. Like the very early second round is where I would kind of feel comfortable with him. Zeke, uh, excuse me, Saquon, I will continue to, to point this out. And this is, I, I understand that he, he's my RB 12. I understand that means I'm never getting him and I'm perfectly okay with that. I will, I will talk about this again. And this goes back to the conversation I want to talk about with not just value, but with risk assessment. Where Saquon Barkley is going right now in the top five ADP, you are drafting him as if he played a full season last year or a mostly full season last year where he gave you top three or top five running back upside. You are automatically paying that price despite the fact he had a major ankle injury two years ago, tears his ACL last year, doesn't play at all, or, doesn't, doesn't, or barely plays at all. I just I can't take the risk. Since 1999, this is a fantasy lab study I continue to cite. And apologies for the construction in the background here, but – Running backs coming off of ACL surgery have produced right around two-thirds of the fantasy points on a per-game basis compared to their pre-ACL selves. That is what they look like in that first year back. That, by the way, that two-thirds, if you want an actual statistical number around that point, I looked at my projections last year, which had him as my clear RB2 in the preseason. Two-thirds puts him in that like 14 to 15 fantasy points per game range. And that's still okay, but as I point out in our like little private Slack conversation way back when, as people continue to fight me about this, 66% of Saquon Barkley's 2019 season, by the way, is 12.3 fantasy points per game. So I'm going off of a higher number in my projections. At 66% of his 2019 per game production, that would have ranked as the RB26 last season between Raheem Mostert and JD McKissick. I just want that. And so we have to understand there's a tremendous amount of risk that comes with drafting Saquon Barkley at any point in your draft. I can't even fathom having this conversation in the top five. You're it not just, mitigating not your risk at all. You're not mitigating no. your risk at all. And that's the God, problem. No. And Jamie, that's not construction. Those are the Saquon Barkley fans coming for you. They're, they're, they're trying to break into the apartment. That's Apparently. not, that's what's happening, but you, but you're right. I mean, those numbers that you just pointed out there, you're not mitigating your risk in the slightest. So he either has to be exactly what he was the last time we saw him healthy, or he's going to be a bust because of where you're taking him value wise. It's just too big of a risk for me. Sorry to cut you off, Jake, but there's just, there's no, no, no there's good. no risk mitigation here at all. And that's, the name of the game when you're using a first round pick that's the one area you can't miss you have to have risk mitigation in the first round and there's just zero if you take saquon there zero i'm telling you right now saquon people can get on my all over my i love this kid i love him you guys know that i said he should have been the first pick of the draft when he came out that year uh now i got construction i got a damn dog that won't shut up you can't he is my todd Gurley from last year i do not touch he's off my board he's red flagged i am not touching this i'm glad jamie gave me statistical basis of why my eyeballs, and I'm older than you guys, so I go way back past 1999. There's been one dude coming off an ACL that was the same guy. That's Adrian Peterson. And that dude is a Greek god, freak of nature, human being. And I get Saquon is kind of like that, but he ain't Adrian Peterson. Uh, coming off this injury, I just can't do it. I'm not touching it. No way, no how. Two-thirds is not good enough for me. 
the risk is way too great. And as I flip this around, I'd much rather have those guys, other guys that I mentioned, including probably Joe Mixon here. Yeah, I, I, it, it, again, I, it, I, we feel like broken records because we have this conversation all the time. But, but Jamie, I mean, we knew this was going to come up because I think we all assumed that Saquon, I, I know I wasn't going to take him in the first round, and I assumed you guys weren't going to take him either. So I knew we were going to have this conversation and we were going to get here. It's just it, there's, no, there's no value if you're going to take him inside the top three and, and inside the top five where his ADP is. You're just not getting any value there. The only question for me, Chris, is if he falls, like, say I'm picking 22. I still, I still think I'm red flagging him. I'm not taking the risk. There's other guys at that point where I can get Allen Robinson there or somebody that I know has – like Allen Robinson's a perfect example of high floor. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. The dude's a freak. He catches everything. The catch radius. I don't know that he's necessarily can outpour, outperform Saquon if we're wrong and he comes back and he is Adrian Peterson 2.0. But I like my risk mitigation there. As Chris used that beautiful word a couple times, I just can't get there. Maybe if I'm picking in the third round and he falls that far, but there's no way in hell the name brand is going to carry way too much. I just, I just cannot get there. The thing is, it's not going to be something we're going to have to deal with. And, and that's why I don't want to spend no. too much time on that part. Like I would probably take him around pick 20 ish. If I'm picking later in the second round, I would at least go at that point. I, I can bet on the upside and understand that like, all right, I might get what I get. I'm just, it's not going to be a conversation. He's not getting out of the, he's definitely not getting out of the top 10. He's probably not getting out of the top five. He might not get out of the top three. Like it just, it just, I, that's why I'm not spending much time worrying about it. He's someone that I just, is just off my board. I'm just, spending time board. beating the hell out of this drum for all the people that are going to be dumb enough to do that. Like, listen to the words. I go back to watching like Earl Campbell people. I go back where I played in college in 1999 was my last year. Jamie's giving you statistical data of since 1999, that's a long-ass time ago now. I'm feeling really old. This doesn't work. Like, there's the statistical data. I'm telling you, my eyeballs have only seen one dude ever. Now, next year, different story. Your second year coming off an ACL is a different thing. But you go back Correct. to that, a that ankle injury. He's so damn strong. That was an ankle injury, not an ACL the year before against the Bucks and another freaking, right? They hit him out of bounds. That thing catches. It looks like he blows his knee out and it was an ankle. But it was a bad ankle. He came back too early. He wasn't the same guy put a little too much pressure on that, that knee, the other thing. There's a history here now that I just can't get past. There's the other factor too, that I, I talked about a little bit last year and it wasn't a huge factor. It wasn't enough for me to knock him outside of my top two in the pre-draft rankings, but it's something that was considerable. He is targeted less with Daniel Jones than he was with Eli Manning. Like these days of him getting 90 catches, that upside does not exist. It, it, it does not exist anymore. It's the Alvin Kamara question, right? Yeah, and I think even if he played, even if you guarantee, well, I guess I have to adjust this math now for 17 games, but even if you told me he played all 17 games, you know, next year, I think his peak is probably, I'm going to have to do some quick math on here now because I have to, I got used to multiplying everything, but he's his peak. If you guarantee me, he doesn't get hurt. We're turning injuries off in the settings. His peak is maybe 75 catches over 17 games. So that 91 over 16 is not happening. And, and again, it's a little thing. But if you're taking the guy in the top three or the top five, you're expecting 20-plus points per game guaranteed production for at least 14 or 15 of the 17 games. That is what you are expecting when you take a player in that spot. And, yes, I know there are a little bit more questions around pretty much picks two through four than there have been in the past. You have, you have Christian McCaffrey in the sense of, like, you know, because he had finally got hurt last year. Derrick Henry, the offense is going to be a little bit different. Alvin Kamara, new quarterback. I understand that. 
But those guys have to drop pretty considerably from where they've already proven they can be just for Saquon Barkley to be in that conversation coming off of an ACL surgery. There's one other guy, James, that I think is worth mentioning here before we jump off the show that was way overdrafted last year that we haven't even brought up in the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire conversation of Kansas City with no Le'Veon Bell, no your boy anymore who's now in Chicago. It's really kind of his show, but what do we expect from the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I, I think it's going to be very interesting because when we, when we had this conversation and I mentioned Zeke and Saquon before we talked about name brand and, and, and the names being first round value, I think the similar thing happens here with Clyde Edwards Hilaire is everybody wants to be. And I, I I know this is in the league that I'm in with family, right? This is a very real scenario where a name gets hyped up and they, they can't look beyond the production and the numbers and some of the things that Jamie talked about with Saquon and they just get locked in on oh Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. I think the same principle is going to apply to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They don't want to be the person that misses out on him. They don't want to be the person that waits and goes, you know what? I'm going to stick to my board. I'm going to stick to my value. They reach on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then they ultimately, they, they reached. And now they're not getting the production and the value that they need out of that spot. And I think that happens again this year. I really do. I, I, I think he has a bigger year next year. And it's amazing the name brands when they're unique names, right? That's why I think Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are both going to be stuck in people's brains depending on where they go. And the more I look at this now that we're doing it, they can enter this conversation now that we're talking about early round two, depending on where they end up as both being three down guys, Etienne being a home run hitter. But that, that name brand, I don't know that I'd take them there. But I think they're both going to be stuck in people's brains on those unique names and that name brand stuff that people are going to be like, I'm taking this guy like they did CEH last year. And, and I, I want to, and, and I know Jamie will echo this sentiment here. The Saquon haters are coming for him in, in the background. So he, he is muted here for just a second is you have to stick to your own personal board, whether you're following Jamie's board, you're following somebody else's board or else you put in, you're, you're putting in the work and creating your own board on draft day. When you're making these selections, you, you got to separate the emotion from it. You have to stay true to your board. You can't get frightened by somebody reaching for a Saquon or reaching for a Clyde Edwards Hilaire or reaching for a guy we talked about on the tight end show early in this week, Kyle Pitts. You can't get scared by that. You have to trust the work that you do. You have to trust the, the rankings that you do, and you have to trust the work that you put into it. And it's why Jamie and everybody on the show, we are doing these shows. So we give ourselves you know, re reflection points. We can see how we felt about it in December. We can see how we feel about it now. We can see how we feel about it. So when it comes to August, there is no real emotion to it. We've done the work. We've gone through this. We've, we've had all these iterations of it. And I think, you know, kind of as a final thought here on the show is trust the work that you're putting into this, right? Don't get scared by that name brand stuff that we're talking about here to close the show. You got to put you, if you put in the work and you trust your rankings, stay true to those rankings. Don't panic on draft day. Very good point. Very good point. My final thoughts are, I just saw Giovanni Bernard got released by the Bengals. Yeah, he asked for his release, and they actually gave it to him. Somebody's getting a hell of a player if he's healthy. Man, he, he stepped up last year. Fantasy was huge for you at times with Mixon going down. I got a couple teams in mind that, man, he could help. As, a, as he goes back to his old role as a third down true pass catcher, whoo, man, that just, I just saw that, and I was like, Wow. I mean, we're talking about running backs of fantasy. We're talking about first round. So we're talking about running backs of fantasy, but like that's another name to keep an eye on where he ends up as we're, as you start making these 
projection, you start doing that board that Chris was talking about. That's a guy that can help big time depending on where he lands. Jamie, are you able to give us final thoughts or are the Saquon haters? They've, they've, they've come in. There's a, as you can hear, there's a lot of construction the in the back. They're, they've stormed the gates. It's unbelievable. They're, <laughs> they're coming, they're coming for, for me, guys. You, you I'm glad they're at your house. You, you didn't put Saquon in the first round and you've just been overrun. So, all right, Jamie, you don't get final thoughts here on the show. I apologize. You're just going to have to, you know, maybe next time. Uh, I will let everybody know we back uh, breaking down Jamie's way too early rankings. We had some fun here with this April mock and we're going to do more of these. There's going to be one in May and we're going to have these, you know, kind of throughout the process here to help you guys have a gauge. But back to the rankings uh, on Monday, w- running backs and wide receivers, the topic next week. So Jamie has his rankings. You can check those out on the draftnetwork.com. Jake and I will be prepared with questions again. If you want want to throw questions Jamie's way at TDN fantasy on Twitter. I will curate all of those and we can ask some Jamie, uh, Jamie, some pointed questions about his rankings as well. Uh, Jake, where can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. Uh, Jamie, I believe everybody can follow you on uh, on Twitter at Jamie Eisner, and they can follow you on Instagram at Jamie Eisner TDN. This is not great for audio, but can you just nod to tell? Okay, did I get it right? Okay, so yes, Jamie is nodding his head yes. So that is where you can follow me. Apparently, by just going outside my door. Yes, I yes I've seen I've seen his thighs. I know. Okay, so that's gonna do it for us. You can follow the show on Twitter at TD and Fantasy, and again, all of Jamie's fantasy related content over at thedraftnetwork.com. We'll talk to you guys next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.